Welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Duncan. And I'm Kate. And we're here to talk about life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join the conversation. Welcome back to Into the Fire. It's a a joy today to be hosting Mark Berlinson from South Carolina, Myrtle Beach area. Mark, you are so welcome. Thanks for coming and joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Oh, as you can hear, Mark is a Brit like myself and Mark and Jane. um, Our friendship goes back Quite away, Mark. You and Jane were on John and Carol's pastoral team in Toronto at the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, as it was then. You had been hired to work during the high days, the heyday of the revival gathering in Toronto. And we came after you had already been on the team and we were like, wow, there's another British family. So yeah, Mark, you and Jane go way back and your three boys who grew up with our children. We were all in the team together. Our children hung out and spent many hours together. And, um, you know, God's done some amazing things. So Mark, over to you. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up in Toronto. All right. Yeah. I mean, those were amazing days. We loved it when you and Duncan and the family joined us there and we had so much fun together. But there's a there's a not so neat and tidy story that leads up to that point. So so let me rewind a little bit before that. Uh, I'd been a Christian for a long time, uh, got saved before I ever met Jane. But uh, although I knew the Holy Spirit, I really didn't know God as a father Mm -hmm. uh, and I had no sense of being a son. And that showed, although I was in ministry, we were both in ministry, it came through in the way that I conducted myself and the way I related to others. Uh, I mean, the details are probably irrelevant, but from my perspective, I really needed a revelation that really only the Holy Spirit could do. I had all the head knowledge, but it was the heart knowledge that was missing, the experience Mm. of his love. Uh, the, The Holy Spirit makes things real in us. And uh, uh, so how we got to Toronto was that we'd been in conference center ministry in the UK for about seven years. We'd had all three of our kids uh, in that season. So they were all young. And uh, uh, basically, I got sidelined because I had no sonship, because I Mm -hmm. couldn't submit to authority. And my boss rightly sidelined me. Mm -hmm. He couldn't really fire me, but I became a kind of, uh, you know, a fringe member of the team. Mm -hmm. We went for some wisdom to some spiritual mentors of ours, basically a spiritual mother and father to us. And they said, well, if you feel that unsettled, maybe God's moving you on. And cut a long story short, they said, um, Toronto's asking for you. Uh, (laughs) And I was like, wow, okay." we'd never been to Toronto at that point. We'd seen a lot of the uh, the UK end of things. This was about three years into the revival by this point. We'd seen a lot of what the Holy Spirit was doing in the UK, uh, a lot of those sorts of things of, of people feeling his touch, feeling his love were happening uh, at our events as well as uh, in Toronto as people came home and shared what they had imparted to them. But we went originally just to attend a conference mm-hmm. at John and Carol's invitation because they didn't know us. And the, so they said, well, come and visit 
and and let's see you know, let's get to know you let's see if there's some chemistry here let's see if uh, see if god wants to do something and uh, jehovah sneaky as i like to call him mm-hmm. had it as a setup because the conference we went to was the november 97 father loves you conference and so he'd set me up for the very thing i needed and as soon as I arrived, I could tell he was there. Uh, and he just met me right in that in that week. I spent most of the week um, in tears uh, and on the wow. floor being touched so deeply wow. because my orphan heart uh, was welcomed by a loving father. It was just like the prodigal son wow. coming home from the pig pen and being met by dad. Wow. And it was very powerful. That is very powerful. <laughs> and, you know, so for many of us, Mark, I think, you know, That was Duncan and I's experience of when we first came to Toronto. We were like, we realized we have been orphans and we've not known our father in heaven in an experientially um, manifested way. And, you know, just even understanding that you can have an encounter with the love of the father, that God himself, the God of love, And, you know, our hearts were just like desperate for it, but it was so refreshing. Yeah. And, and having tasted that, uh, I, I think that, that just literally swung everything around for Jane and me. We both of us now live for others to have that kind of experience. Mm. I'm not saying that experience on its own is everything, but knowledge without experience is nothing. Mm. <laughs> and so it's it's a it's a both end I think mm. and that's what we experienced <clears throat> Jane's experience was different from mine it took her a while uh, to really be able to receive that love um, because I think partly because she already had a taste of it uh, but to get to the point of knowing it deeply uh, took her longer so that was an interesting journey for us um for me it was more of a sort of you know the big wave knocks you over and you you know you're drenched kind of thing Mm -hmm. for her it was more of a wade in slowly Uh, but both of us experienced his love in ways that made so much sense and settled like you said we're thirsty for it Mm -hmm. we're hungry for Mm -hmm. it Uh, and when god meets us in that way it's really (laughs) powerful and uh so uh we're so we're so thankful for that Oh, that's wonderful. And, you know, I I think it's amazing too, and maybe for our listeners, that, you know, you you, you refer to God as Jehovah Sneaky, and we often do that because, you know, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our hearts, He knows our motivations, and He knows the things that we need. And so often He knows that before we know that. And God just has an amazing way as we give our lives to Jesus and submit to his will on a daily basis. That he, he has a way of facilitating our environment and our circumstances that we would know him and find him in a deeper way. Right. Was that a one-time, was that a one-time deal for you, Mark? No, not at all. I, I think that everything you just described really happens in relationships. And so it happens again and again. And God uses those relationships, different ones at different times in different ways, uh, where uh, there's always more. Um, we say that a lot, mm. of course, mm-hmm. but, I, but it's true. Um, and, and for me, being a father was, was part of that process because I realized that I did things that were the best for my kids 
even if they didn't always understand it at the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we had to kind of conspire to to steer them in directions or lead them into things that maybe they didn't think they needed or they didn't think they wanted. Mm -hmm. But we were trying to create that kind of atmosphere for them. And I feel God does the same. We're we're made in his image. Mm -hmm. So God often does the same. He steers us into places. And and actually, my experience has been now that I'm very grateful for some of the difficult times Mm -hmm. and the hard relationships Mm -hmm. and the tough seasons that we've gone through, partly because it's taught me stuff about myself, uh, partly because it's enabled me to dig into God to a deeper level, mm. and partly because uh, you you gain skills and experience that you can then use to help other people. Yeah. So all of it is redemptive. Yeah, um, that's amazing. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And God just has a way of taking us on a path that unravels the kinks as we walk with him, you know, and um, we realize we're we're full of kinks, actually. We we need a lot of straightening out by the Lord in um, his loving, gentle way that he has. And, you know, Mark, for our listeners to know that you helped Steve Long and were part of the revival team in Toronto facilitating the nation's and the speakers um, come in and people come in to encounter God and his transforming presence. And that is a major value of ours in Catch the Fire, that people would come to a place of encountering God for themselves and his goodness and his transformative process in our lives. But can you share some stories from that, that season? Because it was the heyday. There was a lot of fun and excitement. Totally. Yeah, there was some amazing things happened. It was a great honor to to uh, to lead that uh, that whole area for a couple of years um, before God moved us away. Um, but through that time, we saw so many things. What, what I think I'd say is that God would always do more than we thought he could. Yeah. <laughs> there was always more stuff happening. And it wasn't always in the manifestation. Sometimes you just see people literally glowing. I mean, not literally with light, but you could see something about them mm. as as something went deep in their hearts. Now there were lots of manifestations as well, and and very often it was a it was a um, a shaking that helped people to grasp what it was God was doing. A little bit like a dad would would tickle his kids and wrestle with them in the living room, that kind of mm. thing. You know, it's like a, distract them from the seriousness so that they can receive the love. Um, so I think of of one young man in particular. And of course, being responsible for the nightly meetings for those couple of years, as well as the conferences, if I messed up and, and the schedule was wrong, guess who got to speak? Oh. <laughs> so there, were, there were several occasions where I had to sort of pull something out of nowhere and, and, and take the nightly meeting because I'd made a mistake and the person I thought was coming wasn't there. Oh. Um, but there was one occasion where I I'd, I'd, I'd pulled a message just out of my past experience and was speaking on it. And then we were going around ministering at the the end and there was a young man I think his name was Patrick this is years ago so I forget but he was from Belgium it turned out but I just went to pray for him and Holy Spirit told me to just place a little hand on his chest he had his hand over his heart so I just placed my hand over his and I put my other hand on his back because there was no catcher at the time and I didn't want him to to be unsafe 
I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, come do what you want to do. Father, make your love known to this man. And suddenly he bends right over forwards and then he bends right over backwards. And, and it looked like I was shaking this man oh. back and forth. In <laughs> fact, all I was doing was trying to stop him falling over. Wow. Um, and I remember the ministry team captain at the time was sort of looking at me from the other end of the, ro- of the room with, a, uh-huh. with an eyebrow raised. Of, what are you doing? You're breaking all our guidelines. But God was doing something deep in that young man's heart. And mm. he'd given him a sense of of a warrior spirit in that time where he wanted to go back and do graphic novels that that explained the 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 love of god for people um, because he was a graphic artist and I, i had no clue that any of this was going on i only found out afterwards when i was able to talk to him but um, always there were stories like that where mm. God would show up and do stuff mm. where, like you said earlier, he, he irons out the kinks. And uh, as God was doing that with other people, he was actually ironing out some of the kinks in me because I didn't mm. think that I was qualified or capable to be in those kinds of settings mm. and to uh, to be a channel of God's love in that way. Uh, But what I love about what God did in the revival, and and you and Duncan would have experienced this as well, uh, John was such a master at putting us into situations where he literally pushes in at the deep end. And we would find that God did more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I recommend that to people so often now as I'm leading others. I say, hey, why don't you take a risk? Why don't you you, you Mm -hmm. let me push you into a situation you think you can't cope with? Because John did that to me so many times. Yes. Um, another story that comes to mind, it was the first evening meeting that I was the MC for and John was speaking. It was a Sunday night healing meeting and I've only been on the team a few months and now it was my turn to be the MC. So I gathered all my information together and I'm trying not to shake. And, and I know we're getting to the end of the worship songs and all I've got to do is introduce a couple of testimonies and receive the offering and introduce John to be the speaker. And just as the song is finishing, John walked up to me. He took the microphone out of my hand and he said, we need some words of knowledge, Mark. Get some. And then he walked up on the platform (laughs) and he said, Mark's got some words of knowledge. And at that point, Mark hadn't. But as soon as John (laughs) said it, because he was using that fatherly, let me lead you into something you don't Mm -hmm. think you can do. So you find out God can do it through you. And I had several words of knowledge that the Holy Spirit just downloaded to me. And it was a very, mm-hmm. uh, a very inf- affirming setting. For yes. me. So I, I love it when God does that. Yes. He does more than we can ask through us. And he does more than we can ask to us because yeah. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I just love that uh, environment. Yes, it was opportunities were given and we had a choice to step forward and actually see oh, wow. God fulfill something. Um, but I'm just thinking about that time because, you know, Duncan and I look at that time very fondly because we had a word that somebody gave us and said, you know, there are many men and women of God that are coming through the house of Toronto and God wants you to receive as many different impartations from the speakers, the ministers, people that come through, not just the, the speakers, but people that were coming through because there was a lot of people coming from different backgrounds. And I think what that did for me was realize that the Holy Spirit can work through impartations, that it's the same Holy Spirit but he anoints different people in different ways with different gifts. 
And that there's actually a transferring of that anointing through impartation. And we've learned many things about impartation. And I think Randy Clark is the one that's probably taught us the most. But that word to us was like it was an invitation. Yes. Yes. And it's an invitation that is always worth saying yes to. I still remember very clearly right back at the very beginning of being on staff with John and Carol and, and the rest of the team, uh, because when we started, we had no clue roughly what our role was going to work out to be. You know, I started off managing the bookstore and I did all kinds of things, whatever was needed, really. Uh, but my my decision, and my choice right from the beginning was to say yes to whatever John would ask or whatever invitation was available. A little like you said, the, the impartation from others. At that point, um, we, were, we were hosting a few of the speakers for the conferences, but Steve Long was running them all. So I wasn't directly involved. But when later on I got to be responsible for those, that sense of impartation um, that you can, you can say yes to what God is offering you through different people is very powerful. Yes, and did you take um, the opportunity yourself for always, that. always yes for sure um and and actually i discovered that having said uh i i want because <laughs> even the conference we went to before we were on staff you know we 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 were there when Jack Winter, who was the kind of the pioneer of the father's yes. love, yes. that he he was the one that John and Carol had really made room for in in the the, the planting of the church that created that space for the revival almost to kind of take root, if you like. Uh, Jack Winter was the speaker at that November '97 conference, and we saw him embracing Jack Frost and imparting the father's <laughs> blessing to Jack Frost, which was. A, hilarious, because Jack Winter was five foot, not very much, and Jack Frost was six foot four. And so he's kind of hugging him around the waist because that's as far as he could reach. But also the sense of power that there is in that transference mm -hmm. of impartation, mm -hmm. that, that the Holy Spirit wants to take what's on each of us and pass it on to other people. Yes. Um, so I learned from that not only to say yes to receiving, we had the privilege of, of, of receiving from so many different people. Um, you know, Al Fury was one that, that administered to me very effectively in terms of having the courage just to stand up and, and, and be present in meetings and things. Um, but uh, so many, we don't have time to go into all the names, but uh, the, I also learned that there was an impartation from me to others through that process, mm -hmm. which I would never have experienced or expected had I not had that journey with the Holy Spirit through those years. It's funny, when we were first in that conference, all the ministry team people, none of them knew who we were, but they all prayed that I would lose my Englishness. Oh. <laughs> not the accent or the heritage, <laughs> but just that, that so often English people can be so... Oh, no, no. You the know, reserve, I, I, apologetic. Exactly, yeah. that, that apologetic reserve. And, and I believe I did lose that mm. uh, because I got to the point where I wanted people to experience what I had experienced. And I believe that there's a, there is an impartation that we carry. So not only do we say yes to receiving from everybody that we can, we also say yes to imparting to other people um, in the power of the spirit, not in our own strength, but in the power of the spirit. That's so and we good. see people changed. That is so good because, you know, it's that giving and receiving cycle that we can't have one without the other. It's like no. we have to give away what God has given us. And that is often through people 
not always. But, you know, for our listeners today, you know, just just be encouraged that you have got something to give. If Jesus is within you, your word, your prophecy, your healing touch, your encouragement is actually an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to flow through each of you. And that's a really great reminder, Mark. And, you know, we're from all different walks of life, but God always wants to partner with us, which is amazing. And, you know, Mark, just moving the story on, tell us the rest of the story. What happened after you'd you'd been in the revival team for a couple of years? Well, we'd got to know this guy, Jack Frost, who was one of our favorite people to invite because he just carried such an anointing for, for to help people mm-hmm. get past their obstacles and be able to receive the Father's love. You know, one minute he's telling you this hilarious sea story or fishing story, and then the next minute you find yourself bawling your eyes out because he just slipped in this truth yeah. about how God loves you. And uh, we actually went on vacation uh, to stay with Jack and Tricia. Um, so this was about five years into our time in Toronto. And when we arrived, Jack was asking me, hey, is there anybody in Toronto who's ready to move on? Because we're looking for somebody. We're desperate to find somebody. Hmm. Our ministry here in Conway, South Carolina is, is growing so fast. We want to start leader schools. We want to start training. Uh, we need help. And I'm like, oh, I know. I don't. I can't think of anybody. But why don't you ask John or why don't you ask Duncan? I forget who it was I suggested. But anyway, a couple of days later, while we're still on vacation, Duncan called Jack back, having talked with John and said, hey, Mark and Jane would be the perfect people for what you're looking for. You can ask them if you want. So we suddenly find ourselves sort of one morning in Jack's study. I don't think we'd even got dressed. It was before breakfast. He's like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. John and Duncan say we can ask you if you think about it. We're like, oh, wow. Okay. And it really didn't take us that long uh, to to know that this was God because um, the the depth of what the father had done in our hearts through that five years that we were on team in Toronto, we knew we had something to offer to other people. And it was particularly in the area of the father's love and how to receive it. And so we we very soon then moved to Conway uh, to join Jack and Tricia with Shiloh Place Ministries. We helped them uh, strengthen the ministry team, help them start leader schools and, and one, you know, one month and one week training schools for people to experience the Father's love. Um, I got all the invitations that Jack couldn't take. So he'd go to the, you know, he'd go to the big warm places and I'd go to the small cold places. He'd go to Florida <laughs> in December and I'd go to Michigan. But oh, <laughs> it thanks was great a lot. Fun. He probably figured you'd lived in Toronto and coped with yeah. the winters. Yeah. Exactly right. He said, Yeah, yeah, you've got the you've got the equipping for this. You go do this one. <laughs> so, but we had an amazing time in those seven years um, that we were with Shiloh Place. Now, many of your listeners may know Jack's story. He actually was diagnosed with lung cancer uh, about four years into those seven years and passed away about five years in. And so we we were able to stay with Tricia and the team mm. for another couple of years after Beautiful. that to help her get settled and, mm. and into what she wanted to, mm. to take it forward into before we then stepped back from that ministry uh, in order to, to give her room to, to make it her own. Mm. So it was a great honor, a great privilege 
Uh, and we saw lots of lives change. We still have friends and connections through that from that whole season yeah. that we're in touch with today who say, you know, that revelation of the Father mm. has literally mm-hmm. changed how we do life, how we do ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a yeah. Great honor, great privilege. And so. for, for many of us who've been on that journey of experiencing the Father and his embrace and his love, we can all say the same that our lives have, we do life differently and we, we need to. And so just taking the story to the present day, you and Jane are church planters now. We are. Yes. (laughs) And you do. And it's hilarious. You know, you never say never to God because you never know which, which direction he's going to take you. And I know you've got a, a string of other things to your bow, Mark. Um, I can see your little Life Languages logo behind yes. you. You're trained in Life Languages. Um, you can probably tell me a few other things about what you do and other things. But yeah, t- tell us a little bit about your lives at present. Okay. So after we left Shiloh, uh, we we had an, about an eight-year span where God was teaching us a lot about just holding on to him through circumstances that may not be the perfect picture of what you thought it was going to look like. And actually, I'm very grateful for mm. that season because I learned a great deal through that. Yeah, uh, it, it was a contrast to my pre-father's love season where the hardships were my causing uh, because of my orphan heart. Now, with a heart of sonship, I was uh, loyal and um, and uh, committed to the places God had put us, even though it didn't look as um, it wasn't as Instagram ready as most of our contemporaries. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you know, we would see on on Facebook, you know, different ones of our friends and contemporaries getting on planes to fly off and do stuff. Uh, and here was us in Conway, South Carolina, just doing our best to help this church along. And just waiting for God to say yeah. when was the time to move on. I'm very thankful for it. Don't hear me wrong. Uh, it was a beautiful time in our lives. But I want your listeners to hear that even when things are tough, you don't turn away from God. That's right. Uh, you, you hold on to what God mm-hmm. has said. And if God hasn't said anything, you just stick with what he did say until he speaks. So bring the story to full conclusion here. About four and a half years ago, you yeah, know, Five years ago, just after Christmas, it'll be. Uh, God said to to me in a, a Sunday morning service, "You're done here. Uh, you've fulfilled what I want you to do." So we have a discussion with our, our senior pastor at the time and and arrange the the best ways of, of of leaving that circumstance and moving on to what God had for us next. And our heart's desire through that journey was to be reconnected in a much deeper way with Catch the Fire, and so. Uh, with his permission, we went to the Virginia Beach Conference uh, where Duncan, I don't think you were there for that one, but Duncan was there. We had a chat with Duncan and said, hey, we'd love to be back with Catch the Fire. And, and out of that conversation, the, the crazy idea came up. Well, why don't you start a Catch the Fire church in Myrtle Beach? It would be so different from any other church in Myrtle Beach. It wouldn't be a competition. Uh, it would be uh, it would be a completion of what God's done. And so. Um, we suddenly find ourselves at what mid fifties planting a church. (laughs) Why would anybody do that? Well, you do it because God said so. And, uh, 
Um, one of the things that we've really been delighted to, to, um, to make as our sort of foundation is that whole idea that you mentioned the life languages. You know, one of the reasons I trained with life languages is to help each person to be who God's made them to be. Uh, because it, it's the only kind of profile that doesn't put you in a box. But uh, the, our heart is for each individual God brings to us to make part of our church family, that they fulfill their destiny. No, that's good. So we're modeling everything of, our, of, of Catch the Fire Myrtle Beach, which is, what, four years old now. Um, we've modeled everything around the idea that this is a loving family with God as our father, where the Holy Spirit has his way. We honor his presence. We don't follow a schedule or a, or a pre-planned program, but we do make room for each individual or each couple or each family to literally step into the fullness of what God wants for them. So we're, we're imparting, to go back to what we said earlier, we're imparting what God has done in us that's been modeled to us and, and, and put deeply within us through Catch the Fire. We're now giving it away mm -hmm. uh, to a whole new generation mm -hmm. of folks. Uh, and we're loving it. it it's, it's been it's been a, a challenging journey yeah. um, because, you know, any church plant is, but it's been a, an opportunity to see God's faithfulness every step of the way. And we love what God's doing now. Uh, there's all kinds of great stuff happening. People are really catching it and they're starting to give it away to one another. And that's always the best sign of all, isn't it? So oh, we're that's, excited. That's so good, Mark. And I just loved what you said about, you know, holding on in the seasons as a son knowing that God has got you there for a reason and a purpose, as well as the timing. But then when it was his time, he, he moved you on into something that you probably su surprised yourself that you're actually doing. You said it. Yeah. Who yeah. will plant a church in their mid-50s? And, you know, if you look at a lot of the church planting research, you know, they recommend that you're about 30 when you do it, right? And um, we were older than that too. And it's like, yeah, but you know, actually, by the time you get to your 50s, you've learned some hard lessons and you've actually learned, hopefully, from all the mistakes you've made. Mm -hmm. So when you're coming forward, you're, you're actually, well, I'm bringing experience, but I'm also perhaps a little bit more humble because I'm stepping into something that's new. Very much humble. Um, we we make it clear to all of our folks, you know, if you're looking for a, a perfect church or people who know what they're doing, you've come to the wrong place. <laughs> but we uh, we have learned from each of the lessons that God has led us through, uh, and we're happy to help other people. It's amazing when you when you have a church where it's small enough that you really know everybody's stories you you'd be amazed how many people are struggling with feeling like they got it wrong that they blew it that they missed it mm. all of those things well we have the journey now to say yeah we felt that too but god brings you through there's light mm. at the end of the tunnel the holy so spirit has a purpose for all of that and that none of it's wasted I still remember that I was so glad for this revelation back when we were in Toronto, but uh, God showed me that that word when Jesus says that uh, whoever believes in him shall not perish from John 3, 16, the same word he uses at the feeding of the 5,000 when he tells the disciples to pick up all the broken pieces of the, the loaves and fishes mm. so that nothing will be wasted. 
But it's the same word translated, nothing will be wasted, that he uses in John 3.16. And he's been demonstrating that for Jane and me every step of the way and every chapter of the journey that we've been on. And he's got a sense of humor, too, because my first training for ministry way back before I ever met Jane was in a church planting program. And I did a church planting and evangelism training course for a year that led me to the complete conclusion that there was no way God would ever want me to be a church planter. Oh, that's so funny. And And then 30 years later, here I am doing it, which is kind of hilarious. But there we go. Well, I just think it's amazing because when you just shared then about how your story is really now speaking into the situations of of the lives of the people that are coming to be part of your your family, your church community. You know, that's where really we can be like that boy with just a few loaves and fish and say, well, this is all I have, Jesus, but I've got my life and I've got this little bit that I have, but I know that you are able to really make this a meaningful meal for those people around me and multiply who I am. And I think there's a key here, Mark, for our listeners that, you know, so often we think we have to be the sleek and strong, but actually we forget that by being ourselves, being humble, being vulnerable about our own strengths and weaknesses is actually the very love gift to the people that God calls us to be with. It's a mark of our sonship that we can do that because it's only ones who are secure in being sons who can say, okay, Jesus, this is all I got, but I'm giving it to you and I'm expecting you to multiply it. And and that's what we've been doing now all the way along. You know, mm-hmm. whenever John would ask me to do something like have a word of knowledge that I knew I couldn't do, <laughs> my little bit offered to Jesus became something bigger. And the same here, you know, here mm-hmm. we are in Myrtle Beach, start a church. Um, and God has done more than we could ever ask or imagine. But all we've done is offer him our little bit uh, oh. in the security of knowing yeah. that he's our loving father. We are his sons and daughters. Yeah. And so it's going to turn out right because he's in it not because we've got it all together. Oh, that's so good, Mark. Would you pray and impart? We're going to use that word impartation again, because I think the Lord has just done such a sweet work in your lives. We love you and Jane. You're part of our global family of Catch the Fire. You're cluster leaders in our movement where you can encourage other church leaders and church planters in in the same position. And, you know, we we can cheer one another on, whether we are part of something large or small. But, you know, could you just pray an impartation of hope and blessing over some of our listeners that, you know, um, just need to be affirmed in what they're doing? I just feel yeah, that I'd that's be- the word for today. I, I'd, I'd love to. I, you're right. That's exactly what God's on for now. That's great. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much that you've taken every detail of the journey that Jane and I have been on and of all of the messes we've made and all of the the dead ends we've walked into. and, And you've turned it all around to give us experiences of your faithfulness. Uh, And Father, I want to pray for everyone listening to this podcast that they would hear your voice in the midst of whatever struggle they're facing right now.
I remember that that night, that dark night when I was saying, God, what are you doing? What do you want to say as we're waiting for you to give us a word? And the answer you gave me was simply well done, son. And as I pray now for an impartation to everyone listening to this, that's the impartation that I want to give to everyone who can hear my voice right now. God says to you, well done, son. Well done, daughter. Hold in. Hold on because I am with you and I will lead you forward and you will be thankful for the journey that I've taken you on as you see the fruit of it. So I impart to you the faith and the joy and the strength to walk with him and to trust him and to lean into him, uh, that you would be blessed Mm. as you see what he will do. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much, Mark. And thank you to our listeners today. What a treat to have Mark. And um, we'll see you next time, everyone. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark.